0: And uh, preach this morning. Don't worry, it's not a long message. But um, for those of you that have been around for the last couple of weeks and we've been doing the God, Money and Me series, we're putting a hold on that. We're actually just a change to that. What we're going to do is we're going to conclude it at our next night school. So parts four and five will be shown at night school. And then what we'll do is we'll make all five videos available to all of you so that you can have them. We've actually bought them as a resource for the church so you can have them if you want to watch them at your own time. And if you've ordered a book or you put your name down for a book, they are now also all at the info desk. So you can grab one today and uh, hopefully everyone can get one of those. In the um, remaining few weeks, I've got um, thought, what am I going to do for my last few messages? I, I felt to preach on the life of Joseph. And it's funny when you go through stuff in life, especially when you go through stuff in church circles, people have a way of coming up to you and going, oh, your change in life is like this Bible character. And then you walk over to someone else and go, oh, I'm, when I look at your life, I'm reminded of this Bible character. And you get all these different Bible characters coming towards you. But it's interesting. One that um, often gets said to me in the last five years has been around this, this person, Joseph. And so I've done a little bit of reading, a little bit of studying for myself just on his life and going, well, what can we learn for our lives from his life? So the series is called, Hey, Joe?, And uh, we're going to look at his life over the next few weeks. And today, part one, my message is called The Middle. And it's not about that TV show that some of you may watch. It's about the middle. Because Joseph's life can be broken up in the following three ways. I think we've got a slide to illustrate it. This is what his life can be broken up into. There's the promise stage. There's the middle. And then there's the fulfillment. And so what we're going to look at, first of all, is the promise So the promised stage of his life, it starts in Genesis chapter 37. Let's read a few verses right now. It says this about Joseph. It says, Jacob, which is his dad, loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word towards him kids have I got your attention this is why mom and dad don't have favorites okay we love you all equally and if we did have favorites we wouldn't tell you <laughs> it's probably not the wisest parenting move in the history of mankind or humankind for Jacob to show such favoritism towards Joseph despite of that though it's obvious that Jacob believed that there was something significant and special about his son joseph Joseph would have grown up knowing that his dad believed that there was something special about him, something significant about him. And from an early age, he knew that because of this coat of many colors, there was something on his life that he carried that was significant and it was special. He wouldn't have known why. He would have known the details. He just would have known from a very early age that there was something marked on his life. And the coat that he wore represented that. The coat that he wore marked that he had something significant over his life. The next few verses, let's keep reading from Genesis 37, verses 5. One night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed down before mine. His brothers responded, so do you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think that you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Verse 9, Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon and the 11 stars, they bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well to his brothers. But as his father scolded him, what kind of dream is that? He asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Possibly not the wisest move to be telling those dreams to his brothers who already hated him. Just a side note, there's a whole nother message at a whole other point you could go. It's really important who you share your dreams with. You know, Joseph definitely had some dreams that obviously had come from God and we we're showing him what his future was look like and it's important with you and I that when God gives us a God-given dream or we have this vision or this, oh, not everyone's going to get it in fact some people are going to hate it some people are going to hate you because of you sharing those dreams so it's important to know who you can share those dreams with and not just go about you know in, in this way I think Joseph had a lot to learn but there's no doubt that Joseph's dreams are about one day he's going to be a leader One day he's going to be a ruler. One day he's going to be a person of influence and significance in a role that he doesn't know what it looks like yet, but he just knows that one day there's a ruling and a leading for him to do. Again, he or his dad don't know the details. They don't know where. They just know that he's going to be some kind of leader. And Joseph is given this picture or this promise, if you like, of what his future will look like. So at a young age, he's given the coat. He knows he's significant. At a young age, he has dreams about his future. So he knows that that's the promise. Let's fast forward though, 15 years. Let's fast forward 15 years in Joseph's life. Genesis 41 verse 38. Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? So obviously filled with the spirit of God. He's talking about Joseph. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of my dreams to you, "'Clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you are. "'You will be in charge of my court, "'and all the people will take orders from you. "'Only I, sitting on my throne, "'will have a rank higher than yours.' "'Pharaoh said to Joseph, "'I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt.' "'Then Pharaoh removed his ring from his hand "'and placed it on Joseph's finger. "'He dressed him in fine linen clothing "'and hung a gold chain around his neck. "'Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot "'reserved for his second-in-command.' And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one else will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Fifteen years later, Joseph begins to see the dreams become a reality. He was told at an early age that people would bow down before him and that he would be a leader and a ruler. And now he's starting to see it come to pass. He's appointed as the 2 see of Egypt, the governor of the land, a position of incredible power and influence. Who thinks that job description, though, sounds a little bit exhausting? No one can lift a hand or a foot in the entire land without his approval. Does anyone think, forget that? Does anyone look at that job description and go, yep, sign me up? That's me right now. Any other eldest children here that want that role like me? And just see that and go, yep, I have the power, I have the control if I have that role right there. But that's what's on Joseph's life. He's given this incredible responsibility, this incredible honor to rule this land on behalf of a foreign king because the foreign king sees in him the leader and sees in him someone who can handle the weight of responsibility. Another eight to nine years happen and we read this about more of those dreams coming to pass. Genesis 42 verse 5, Jacob's sons, which is Joseph's brothers, arrived in Egypt along with others to buy food for the famine in Canaan was there as well since Joseph was governor of all Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him that his brothers came. When they arrived, they bowed before him with their faces to the ground. Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where are you from? he demanded. From the land of Canaan, they replied. We have come to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him. And read verse 9. And he remembered the dreams he'd had about them many years before. It's about 25 years had passed from when Joseph had the dreams that one day his brothers would bow before him. And now he's starting to see it come to pass. This is the stage that we can call the fulfillment of the promise. If we put that graph back up there, we've gone from the promise to the fulfillment. But what you've got to know is that the middle was 25 years in the making. 25 years between the promise and the fulfillment 25 years is a long time there was a whole lot that had to happen in the middle and next week we're going to look at some of those things that happened in the middle i think next week's message is going to be called set back or set up you decide and we're going to look at what happened to joseph in the middle for him what happened in the middle you know mark check calls the middle in all of our lives he calls it the messy middle Because the reality is we all have a messy middle between the promise and the fulfillment. There is a thing called life and the messy middle that goes on where we figure out what's going on and all these different things happen that weren't in our control or weren't even in our plan, but that's part of the middle. And it's in that middle where lots of Joseph's life happened. We'll look at that in the next couple of weeks. It was definitely messy for him. But this morning I want to ask you this question. How do you handle the middle? How do you go in the middle who here likes waiting anyone no one who you know i read this thing about the amount of time we spend counting down the seconds on the microwave clock (laughs) waiting for our food how much time is wasted just watching it's like by watching and it's not going to make it go any quicker it actually i think it it could be proven that it actually makes it go longer no one likes the middle or no one enjoys the middle but it's in the middle that the promises are fulfilled. It's in the middle where we work things out. And I, want, I read this scripture this week, which talks to me about the middle. And it's this Proverbs thirteen twelve says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Because in the middle, we often have to deal with this deferring thing. The, the deferring thing. The word deferred means to put off an action or an event to a later, get, later time to postpone something. Example, today there's a soccer game for the under 11s that Judah's playing in. And it was scheduled for round two. But guess what happened in round two? It rained. So it got postponed to about round six. And guess what happened in round six? It rained. So it's sunny outside. So today, finally, the postponed game will get to be played at 12.30 today. Because it was set for a certain time, but it got postponed and moved to a later time. And things that are postponed are annoying, but usually we can deal with them, we can handle them because we're given, hey, it's not happening today, but it's going to happen on this date at that time, and we can live with that. But the Hebrew meaning for this word, which this word was originally written in, the word for deferred means something a little bit more than just postpone. It actually means this, to delay or for there to be, listen to this, an indefinite postponement. This is where things become a little bit harder for us to handle, a little bit more difficult to work through because there's no set date or time for when it will happen. It's like you're given a promise, it will happen, but I'm not telling you when, and I'm not telling you where, and I'm not telling you how. It's a deferred decision. It's an indefinite postponement. It's like when your teenage child tells you they will clean their room. They're giving you a promise, but there's no indication as to when it will happen or how it will happen. It's just going to happen one day soon. Kids, it's like when mom and dad says you can get a puppy one day. Everyone knows that one day is one of those indefinite postponement means. Yes, it's there, but we'll figure it out. We, we're not giving you a set day and we're not giving you a set time. It will happen. We just don't know when or how. And that's why in Proverbs it says that hope deferred can make the heart sick because when you're given a promise, when you're told, when you're given a picture of what the future can look like, but you're not told when you'll enter into it and you're not told how it's going to work out, the waiting, the deferring can actually be really hard and really difficult on our hearts. It can really mess us up if we don't guard our hearts and protect our hearts. Waiting without the details is very hard to do. And that's why we are told in Proverbs 4.23, Guard your hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Can I suggest to you this morning that the middle is the place where you need to guard your heart. There's many places in life where you need to guard your heart. But whenever you're in a middle season, whenever you're in the middle of going through something, that's the place where you really need to guard your heart. The space between the promise and the fulfillment, that place of indefinite, persp- get the words out, indefinite postponement, that is the space where your heart can become sick. That is the space where your heart can actually become hard. That is the place where you can lose hope. And it's a place that you need to guard and it's a place that you need to protect. Because we all go through messy middles. We all have moments in life where there's a promise that we haven't seen yet come to pass. We know it's coming. We just don't know how. and We don't know when. And it's in that place that we need to guard our heart. Here's some ways that you can guard your heart. When, when I think about guarding my heart and being in a space of, of delayed and defer, I'm always reminded to do these two things. Remind myself of the promise and remind myself of the character of God. Reminding myself of those two things can help incredibly. Some scripture to help you remind yourself of those things. Three verses, Galatians 6, 9. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. God has a right time for your promise. 1 Thessalonians five twenty four from the Passion Translation says it this way. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. The one who calls you is trustworthy. That means that you can trust in him. Deuteronomy 7 9. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commandments. We have a God who is trustworthy, we have a God who we can rely on. And if you're in a moment where you're in the middle, And there's a deferment and you've got no set date of arrival, no set date of when it's going to happen. Remind yourself of what was promised and remind yourself of who God is. Because those truths allow you to guard your heart in the middle. The middle is a space that we all need to navigate in our lives. The middle is a space that we all need to figure out how we can keep moving forward. The middle is not a space. The middle is not only a space where we need to guard our hearts. The middle is also a space where we need to trust God. The middle is a space to guard your heart and the middle is also a space to trust in Him. Can we put the graph back up, please? Can I ask you this question? In kids, you may even be able to figure this one out too. Out of those three places, the promise, the middle, and the fulfillment, which is the easiest place out of those three to be able to trust God? Who thinks in the promise? A few hands. Who thinks in the middle? That's the easiest spot to trust God yet. And who thinks in the fulfillment? That's the easiest spot to trust God. The easiest. Where is it the hardest to trust God? In the middle. In the middle is always the place where it's the hardest to trust God. In the middle is where your trust is tested and it's put to the test. My prayer is though that we would learn how to live in the middle. Not only that we would learn how to live in the middle, but we would learn how to thrive in the middle. We would learn how to live life to the full in the middle. Because this is the truth, church. The middle is the place where we learn and where we grow the most. The middle is the place where you will do the most growing and the most learning if you allow to be in that middle and go, God, what are you teaching me in the messy middle? I wonder what part of your life you would say right now, I'm in the middle. There's something where I'm in the middle and I, I know there's a promise I know there's a day coming where that fulfillment of that promise is coming. But right now, I cannot see it. And I don't know. I haven't figured it out. I wonder what it is for you. The middle is the place where your life stories are written. The middle is the place where your character is defined. The middle is the place where the real you comes to the the top. Where we get to see what we are made of. You know, most of us can handle the promise. Who likes having great things spoken over their life? Yeah, it's good. Who likes seeing fulfillment? Yeah, that's good as well. Not many of us enjoy the middle. But I think if we can learn how to handle the middle, if we can be open to what God's doing in the middle, that's where we can see growth. That's where we can see character developed. And that's where we can see God do and complete what he started in all of us. You know, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of the things that happened to Joseph in the middle. And it's easy to look at the life of Joseph when we know how the story ends. But I realize that for you and I, we've got to live this out, not knowing exactly how it will end. We don't have the final chapter right there for our lives. All we know is that in the middle, we need to trust in him. Can I have the creative team come back up? I told you I wouldn't preach long this morning. If the team want to come back up and join me. What I want to do this morning as we finish is I want to pray into the messy middles. I want to pray into every situation, every person that goes, hey, I'm in the middle. Uh, My prayer this morning is that your hope will not be lost in the middle, but that you would hold on to hope. And if you're here this morning and your hope has been lost, today would be a day where you claim it back and you go, I may be in the middle, but in the middle, I've still got hope. In the middle, I've still got faith. In the middle, I'm reminding myself of who God is and what he's going to do in my life. My prayer this morning is that our attention will shift onto the promises and character of God rather onto the situations or the circumstances we could be in. My prayer is that we would trust Him in the middle. You know, I've just been thinking of songs this week for some reason. I start off with, Hey Joe. And then the other one was Stuck in the Middle. And I wasn't going to sing it. I wasn't going to get the band to sing it. But there is a truth. That we all—all all of us—are in the middle of something. All of us are in the middle somewhere, and if you look around, these are the people you're stuck in the middle with. It's good times. But that's not to—that's uh, not to discourage you. That's just to go, hey, we're all on this. We've all got things that we've got promises that we haven't seen come to pass yet. We're in the middle, and we're going to keep going. We're going to stay in trust. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. And we're going to trust Him with the outcome of our middle. So what I want us to do this morning, I want us to stand. All of us to stand. Don't worry, you're not responding to anything. Just, you know, you're do I want to respond today? I know that's true for my life. I'm just not sure if I want to respond or not. We're all going to stand. And I'm just going to pray over all of our lives for the messy middle that God will complete what he started and in the middle we will stay in trust we will stay in hope we will stay in faith the team are going to lead us in a song in a moment and if you would like prayer this morning if you would like people to stand with you and pray into your specific situation what your middle is right now then we're going to open up the front and people will come and stand and pray with you maybe there's other things in your world maybe there's something you need a healing Maybe there's something where you need a financial breakthrough. Whatever your situation or your need is, we want to stand with you and pray this morning. But we're going to pray over our middle right now. So God, I pray for every person. God, I thank you that you know the beginning from the end. You are the Alpha and the Omega, which means you are there from the very beginning and you'll be there to the very end. God, you are an eternal God. And God, I thank you for every situation, every life that's represented in this room for every middle right now, God. God, my prayer this morning for every middle is that, Lord God, in that situation, we would know who you are. We would remind ourselves of your character and your faithfulness and your goodness. God, in the middle of our situations, we would remind ourselves this morning of your promise, the promise that you have spoken to each of us. God, I pray for those across this room this morning that have lost hope they've lost sight of those things. They've, they've let go of those things or they've lost them, God. I pray that right now they would be restored, that right now they would come back into the centre of their attention, the centre of their mind, the centre of their heart, that you would bring back into memory some of those things, church, you've long forgotten about because it's been a long time. And I just pray right now, supernaturally, God would remind you of those promises and those dreams and those things He placed in your heart that you've let go of. He hasn't let go of them. In fact, he wants to bring them back to the centre of your attention right now in this place. But pray, Lord God, for those in the middle where it's really hard. It's really difficult. There's things going on that they can't make sense of. They can't understand. They're questioning you and they're doubting you. And I just pray right now, God, in that middle that you would intervene. In that middle, you would come in and you would show up in a miraculous way like only you can. God, we pray over us as a church. We, God, we commit these next few weeks of transition into your hands, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that in our middle, that your peace would reign and that there would be a spirit of unity across our church, God. We thank you, God, that you are with us in the middle and that your promises are true and your promises are sure. God, we give you all of our hope, all of our trust. It is in you. It is in you. We're going to sing in a second, but just before I finish, if you're here this morning and you don't know who God is, you don't know the difference that He can make in your life, the transformation that He can bring, then we would love to introduce you to how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And to do that, again, I'm going to open up the front. Just come down while the song's on or come down afterwards. Introduce yourself to one of us. We'd love to chat with you, talk to you, and show you how you can know who Jesus is and the difference He can make in each of your lives. Can we sing together, church? Let's worship. Let's lift up the name of Jesus in this place. If you want to come for prayer, I encourage you to come and stand out the front, and people will stand with you and pray with you, and pray over your middle, and pray over your situation and your circumstance.